this. It's time to do it to it. Do it to it. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that someone's catchphrase? I th- I remember using it a lot in like the early '90s, so I must have seen it on something. I doubt I made it up. It's. <laughs> I definitely have heard it somewhere before. <clears throat> do it to. I was it. listening. I was listening to uh, a two-parter behind the bastards today about. Uh, like gay conversion therapy and like stuff like uh focus on the family and stuff behind it. Mm-hmm. And one thing they settled upon was a, uh, a sort of anti-gay program known as love one out. And I don't know how much you know about slang for uh, masturbation, but oh. love one out definitely, <laughs> definitely sounds like that. love one out. Huh? So Ooh. let's, Let's let's do it to it, but I don't want to love one out. Have you heard that watermelon sugar high song? Harry Styles, I, I guess, sings it. No. Oh, it's a it's a pop song. Watermelon it's sugar high it goes watermelon sugar high. Watermelon sugar. It just says it over and over and over again. It's really obnoxious. I can't stand it. It plays on the radio while I'm at work. Anyway, apparently it's a it's a naughty <clears throat> song. It's about uh, uh, something that a man can do to a woman that she would enjoy. Okay. Just imagine oh. eating watermelon, I guess. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to, okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this I'm going to keep also. it PG. Um, <laughs> I saw, and I'll try to keep this PG. I saw a thing on Twitter. Uh, someone had made a post of what celebrities, I to say this kindly, what celebrities uh, definitely give the best, like, oral to a woman and my favorite was, uh, I, like, I have looked at this picture several times this week and gotten myself a uh, a bit of a chuckle. But it's, it, someone posted a picture of, of like, uh, you know, middle-aged, getting older, Brad Garrett. <laughs> and the quote they said was, like a dog eating a bowl of mashed potatoes. And I, I laugh, I laugh so hard <laughs> thinking about... Sadly enough, thinking about Brad Garrett. But. <laughs> he was in that. Uh, uh, I'm dying up here. He was he was playing kind of an an aging comedian. I don't know who to compare him to. Kind it of, seems right. I, it, I, that makes sense. But he's he's going to buy into the the Goldies, which is basically the comedy store, and open a second yeah. location. He's really really good in it. You know, Brad Brad Garrett moderately good actor raymond like I'm not... everybody loves raymond i hear yeah, he... i've never seen him live or anything but i hear he pretty much just does um crowd work and it's phenomenal really? like it's you know, kill every single that. time crowd work i could see that Maybe one of these days. I know he's got a club in Vegas if it survives the lockdown. <laughs> but maybe I'll I'll try and uh, go catch a show there and see if he's there. Well, I'll be waiting on that report. Speaking of shows, you've 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 had a few, correct? Yeah. Yes. I've had a few. Yeah. Shows. I've had a few. So last weekend, uh, I ended up opening for T.J. Miller, which was, which was cool. I've known T.J. for a long time, so. How'd that go for you? Good. The, the crowds were great. The shows were really good. TJ was the most, he was the most, honestly, the most focused I've ever, I've ever seen him. I think just because of like the COVID and stuff and he can't really go home and see his wife, which by the way, he speaks about his wife so glowingly. He really does. Like 
he loves her to death, but I guess she's got some immune problems. So, uh, he's got to go out and work cause he's got to make money to pay the bills. You know what I mean? So yeah. he, he's spending a lot of time away from her and that's kind of stressful for him. But also I think it's, it's provided him like quite a bit of focus. So, uh, yeah, his huh. shows were really good. Uh, I was happy with my sets. It was, it was a lot of fun actually. Good times, good, good times. You, yeah. Congratulations. And uh you're gonna be you're gonna be headlining this weekend, yeah? Yeah, it was kind of a last minute thing. Uh Vicky Barblack had to cancel. I've been promoting that show on here for a while. But she yeah. had to cancel, unfortunately. And sh- I'm sure if, if you had tickets for it, she'll be back. Don't worry. She'll she'll be back at one of the clubs. Probably if not this year, then by the beginning of next year. Uh, but be barbell lacking for entertainment. <laughs> yeah, but lucky for me because I was supposed to feature on those shows. I got the call, so I'll be headlining this weekend. But by the time you hear this, it'll be over. So, thanks for coming. If you did, <laughs> there you go. So, uh... Sorry, I lost a little bit. Winding down. Uh, yeah, winding. Let, let's uh, let's shut her down early today. Now, um, so uh, as far as things going, I spent most of last week still catching up on, like like working through catching up on some uh, stuff that we were already talking about. You did say you dipped into Cobra Kai, though. Yeah, I started that uh, a couple days ago. I think I've watched maybe three episodes. I want to say uh, okay, I was so, I was yeah. pretty on board from the first scene like it recaps what happens and then it starts out with johnny kind of living in a dump has it, it goes... gotten to any of uh any of johnny like there, there are a few scenes where johnny sort of uh talks about things that happened from the they, they focus pretty much on the first movie have they had any of the stuff where johnny sort of reframes it in how, what his experience was like I think uh, the, the the episode that I just finished, I want to say that's where we kind of met his ex-wife. <clears throat> and yeah. it's also the episode where somebody uh, paints a, a wiener on the face of Daniel yes. LaRusso. <laughs> a very big part. Uh, so have you met uh, have you met Johnny's son with his big uh, his big Steven Seagal energy? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's I'm not a fan he's a troubled of Johnny's kid. son. Yeah, he's he is, he's got some issues. <laughs> he, spoilers, there is a karate tournament and when he shows up, I I definitely the first thing I thought was, who is this Steven Seagal looking MF? <laughs> he kind of looks like I thought he looked like that kid on um Boy Meets World. Not the you're main not one, wrong. but the friend. No, you're not <clears throat> you're not wrong. He looks like that guy, but like what if I had a stone face? <laughs> So, but so far mm, I'm, I'm on board. It's, it's a lot of fun to watch. There's, there's a little, I thought it was going to be a drama to be honest. And there's a little bit of drama, but there's also quite a lot of comedy. So yeah, it is, it is by and large, mostly very much a comedy. I like that. Uh, he got the, the kid that he's training to dress up as a skeleton for the Halloween dance. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, like you see it coming from a mile away. Right. Yeah. I got a good idea for you. It's like, yeah, I know, I know what you're doing. (laughs) I do like how they're kind of all intertwining all these stories and how they're, cause they're not all really aware of each other, but it, I, 
at some point in the future, you know, it's all going to make sense. Like, uh, you know, Daniel doesn't know the kid that Johnny's training, but that kid would totally like Daniel would love that kid. But just because he's hanging around Johnny, uh, Daniel's like thinking he's a bad kid. It's just a perception that he has. It's a, uh, you know, a, 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 I don't know, bias that, that he's got in his mind that anybody that would hang out with this guy's a bum, but the kid, he, he just needs a father figure and he, the guy happens to live next door and he's kind of being a little, not a, a little nice to him. Not very nice. My favorite scene uh, though, so, is that when he's yeah, washing, my favorite scene is when he's washing the windows and he goes, is there any particular way you want me to do this? And Johnny goes, I don't care. Just, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Johnny, pretty much uh, as mean, if not meaner, to the kids, at, at, you know, than the actual bullies. <laughs> it's kind of funny that way. Of like all the things that the scenes you see of these kids at school, like you know, making videos of them or you know, just being shitty to them, and then they go to this dojo. And it's like you're kind of doing the same thing. <laughs> It's a little different. It's almost like uh, you just te- you just teach them to take a punch while you're at it. Yeah, yeah. The the hit first thing is is pretty funny, um, but it, it's a little different. It's almost like a big brother teasing, and he's also trying to keep him at a distance type of thing, as opposed to uh, somebody just like not really caring that uh, about someone else's existence, like those bullies. Like they could care yeah. less. They. They honestly probably didn't care if they actually killed him when they were beating him up, as opposed to Johnny just kind of being a little, a little standoffish and a little, you know, at at, at a arm's length type of thing. So yeah, like good good actors. Um, the guy that plays Miguel is a Zolo. Mar- oh God, why why do I do this to myself? Zolo <laughs> Mar- Maraduena. Uh, very good. Very good. Uh, some of the uh, some of the teen drama y kind of stuff, um, I bogged down in a little bit. But I mean, you know, it's that, that's one of the funny things about the show is it, it very much sort of skates on both sides of the fence of being a nostalgia fest for oldies like us, and mm-hmm. it is also very much a teen drama show. Oh yeah, like any. I think a kid could start watching this and go, "Okay, I'm on board." They don't really okay. need to see the movies to. My, There's my enough recap and flashbacks and that you don't need to see the movies to to enjoy this. I think they're pretty good at the flashback stuff. Uh, you know, they they I, I like the way that they framed that uh, the uh, the the crane kick was actually an illegal kick. <laughs> uh, I like that. It, it, it's very much. It, it's I think it's a very realistic that Daniel Larusso. Uh, became a local celebrity and has just coasted his whole life and done pretty good, just coasting on that local fame. I don't know if he's coasted. Uh, I mean, he's definitely used it to his advantage, but he's a hardworking I mean, he's still, guy. It, I, I mean, he he's still he's still doing like uh, karate videos to promote his business. Like he's he's basically because they don't they don't mention any of the. Uh, I don't even remember the other movies very well, but they don't mention any of the other stuff that him and him and Miyagi got up to. I know in Karate Kid 2, they go to Okinawa, and it's kind of like... Uh, really, the only thing that I remember from the other Karate Kid movies is the little uh, the little drums. 
the little uh oh, yeah ticka, 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 yeah because he had to have he couldn't do just do the crane kick again he had to have a new finishing move so that was the yeah the drums i don't remember three at all though i think i saw yeah. it once and maybe i fell asleep but i can't remember three at all they're very much like the Ninja Turtle movies of, yes, I remember. I remember bits and pieces. Usually I remember the corny gimmick of the second movie, it being the uh, Vanilla Ice from Secret <laughs> of the Ooze, or perhaps Toka Razar. Ninja, rap, ninja, 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 ninja rap. Uh, you know, I, out of those two duking it out, I think MC Hammer's uh, Adam's Family rap wins out. Hmm, I don't know. It's the, they're both pretty terrible. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live how they want to live, play how they want to play, dance how they da- want to dance, kick when they slap a friend. That makes no sense. And then he goes, the Adams Family. They're both terrible songs. I mean, you're going based on a, a song that said altogether ookie. So <laughs> what are you going to do? I watched a do? YouTube video that was about um, Hammer trying to be like a hardcore gangster rapper after the Adams Family came that, out. That brief... That very brief moment. He started wearing like a beanie cap and uh, a lot of uh, Atlanta Falcons gear. <laughs> well, he <laughs> dropped the MC part of it at some point. Right, it was just that. hammer. It was it was pretty sad to watch. <laughs> the poor guy, like he was a great dancer. Everybody was like, he was a great dancer. Uh, rapper, mm, not so much. But he's a great he's dancer. Like in, he's like in Pringles commercials now, isn't he? Yeah, why not? I mean capitalize on it remember the he had a commercial where they i think it was for h&r block where they come and take his house away because he didn't pay his taxes <laughs> <laughs> that that sort of resurgence i don't know so i guess a, a, a big one I, I can't remember if we talked about this or not rick moranis coming back for a phone commercial that was weird and it was just like okay uh, why that? am i here I mean, it's it's cool to see Rick Moranis, and it's cool that Ryan Reynolds is a fan of his. But they, why not try and do something a little more creative than him like literally walk? To, he walks on set and goes, "Why am I here?" And he like clearly you, doesn't want to be there. Because you signed on the dotted line, Rick. <laughs> we know you know why you're here. We know why you're here. You're doing a bit. <laughs> but. uh I don't know. He's like so close to coming back and doing what? Honey, I shrunk the kids. And so why don't we, could we just let him come back as in the job and not make it a commercial? Yeah. I don't know. Are they doing another honey? I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's supposed to, it's supposed to be like a darker take on it. Like his, his wife has left him and Uh, (laughs) kind of, Oh no. Supposedly it's still one of those things. that's pretty far off, but, I wonder if he wrote it because uh, one of the reasons he went away is because his wife got sick and passed away. So That's he right. went away basically to raise his kids and give them a normal life. So, I mean, all the all the props to him, you know, for taking care of his kids. Sure. I If I, if I knew they were making that movie, I must have forgotten that they were making I guess a new you... one. Oh, he, okay. He... He did a voice as Dark Helmet on the Goldbergs in 2018. <laughs> I guess he kind of he 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 does voice stuff fairly often. Like you know, he looks like he, I don't know. He comes back and does Bob McKenzie on stuff periodically. Did you ever watch Brother Bear? 
that that's the other credit is he does brother bear related stuff a lot so there was brother bear and then there was a sequel and if you own them on dvd um there was him and dave thomas doing basically uh doug and bob mckenzie as a uh alternate track so they're kind of like watching the movie it's almost like mystery science theater 3000 but it's them in character as the moose talking about the movie it's actually pretty funny that's fun it is fun actually i want to say we don't get enough uh film commentaries anymore i don't know maybe they do happen I know I they no were huge anymore. when they first any physical media when they first started plugging them on there they were really really big and they would actually oh, I take them I, yeah. lo- I loved them let me say that I, I don't know I probably wouldn't find the time as much now but I, I definitely loved them it's I mean it depends on who's doing it and if they're <clears> if it's interesting if it's just like yeah uh, I remember this day I had a headache that day like who cares about yeah, that yeah the, <laughs> uh, like the the Lord of the Rings movies have a just spectacular commentary mm-hmm uh, I think I've, I've told you about the, the original Conan, the barbarian has, uh, like, like chef kiss almost better than the movie itself. Commentary <laughs> by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh. <laughs> it's the, the commentary by Schwarzenegger is so good. It, it spawned that, uh, what was it? Arno core, uh, uh, like a speed metal, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger themed band that has a song. That's just things that he says in the commentary. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, it's really, it's really funny. He Arno Core. I think it was Arno Core. Yeah, huh, I'll have to check it out. the The name of the song is exactly because Arnold Schwarzenegger says exactly so many times on that commentary track. <laughs> but he he exactly. talks about something weird, like like the uh, the uh, early parts of it where it's showing him as a kid. He gets so fixated on the kid that's the, like that's playing the young Arnold that his lips are so glossy he gets really fixated on that <laughs> uh it's it's really great it, it's a fun watch slash also i do like the first conan i i like correction i like all three conan movies yes red sonja is a conan movie in my mind he is barely <laughs> in that one is he really not in red sonja very much not very much he there's i guess a, i there's i a love scene. myself in that i haven't i haven't watched okay i'm definitely watching red <laughs> i'm a proponent of i actually i'm not any movie where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has to feign romance is, uh, it's it's like a robot trying to be, <laughs> I think I've said before, like uh, <clears throat> him in uh, uh, Total Recall, uh, macking out on, uh, what's her name, uh, Basic Instinct. Oh, Sharon Stone. It's, yeah, him and Sharon Stone, there's like a part where he like twists her around and holds her and they kiss and I'm like, this isn't. This isn't how humans make out. What is going on? It is weird. I started watching it a, a few weeks ago, and it, it's it's awkward. It really is. You started watching uh, Red Sonja or Total Recall. Total Recall? After I finished The Running Man, I started Total Recall. I like I like I do like The Running Man a lot. I like uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. It's it's Trying fun. To today. It's kind of weird. It's a good concept. It is, it is very weird. Uh, a good, a great Jesse Ventura, Ventura performance, I think. Uh, McMahon. Um, McMahon. Yeah, Gorilla Monsoon. Who, who is he in that movie? I can't remember his character's name. It's like Captain. character. He's it's, kind of a, he's kind of like proto Homelander. Yeah. Kind of like Captain Freedom way. or something like that, but he's, yeah, he's retired, like but he comes that. out of retirement. He doesn't though. Does he not come? 
Does he not make they it into a, the fight? No, he ne- no, no, he never does. Like they, you can tell he's nervous about it. Like he's taking antacids and stuff. <laughs> and uh, he never, no, he never goes out there. They give him that stupid suit with the, the uh, have to be unusable pauldrons or sh- shoulder things. Right. And he, he, go, he comes in like, I'm, I won't do it <laughs> kind of thing. My favorite guy is the the guy that I shoots electricity. The, yeah, the, yes. The Christmas the tree guy. Diaper. Yeah. Hey, light bulb. Hey, Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, that movie. Uh, that movie lives and dies by uh, oh, God. Um, what's his name? Uh, Family Feud. Oh, Richard Dawson. Yeah, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson is. That is a legit, very good performance by Richard Dawson. You also got, uh, God, what's his first name? Is it Yadif Koto? Yafit Koto? Yafit Koto, yes, that's it. Yeah. Who is, uh, he was in, uh, he was Kananga in You Only Live, well, no, Live and Let Die. Live and Let Die, James Bond movie. He explodes. It's one one of the best James Bond moments. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He fills up with uh, air and pops. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, there was a, another great podcast I listened to the the uh, James Bonding and oh, yeah. they would rate things they would rate things uh, they they would look for the the goofiest moment in them and they rated it based on that guy exploding versus the pigeon double take mm-hmm. from I can't remember which movie does the that one is uh, Moonraker yeah. <laughs> yep. It's when he he's on a uh, a gondola, but it leaves the water and he starts riding it through Venice, through the streets of Venice, and the uh the pigeon does the double take thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a good moment. <laughs> Famously realistic. Is there anything is there anything goofy like that in the Daniel Craig ones? Uh, not off the top of things, my head. I know there are a few things like uh I think it was Spectre, where he falls through the building and falls on the couch. There's a few things that are kind of they, they're more coincidental than say driving a <laughs> driving a boat, being able to steer a boat on land, <laughs> or pigeon double takes or things like that. The, uh, the Roger Moore years are comically falls in love with a the Swiss know, Miss the girl. That, yeah. No, she's hot. <laughs> if you've seen that movie recently, you're like, yeah, yeah. I can see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he meets her in Brazil. That's the weird thing. So this this know? Swiss girl is for some so reason in Brazil, and then they sneak aboard the the Moonraker, or I think they let oh, her Jim. go because Jaws is on there. Jim Brown was Fireball. Oh yeah, it was Jim Brown, I don't wasn't remember it? That. I don't yeah. remember that looking like Jim Brown. That's weird. It's because he wasn't wearing like uh, African hats and stuff like that. Doesn't have a mustache. He normally, huh. he normally yeah, he has a him. look. He wears a leather that, jacket in the, I don't know what the hats are called. The uh, It's got the little, uh, like the African patterns on it. But he's almost yeah. always wearing one of those in real life. So maybe he just didn't look the way Jim Brown normally looks. Looking at this IMDb, it's crazy to me that Richard Dawson's so low on the... Uh, on the billing. I mean, he's kind of the star of the movie. Top for some reason. Arnold just runs. He just runs and throws guys. Richard Dawson's the one actually. He's, he's schmoozing uh, old ladies. I kind of love, uh, I don't think this is anything new. Arnold Schwarzenegger names in movies. 
a guy named Schwarzenegger and he's Ben Richards or is the right. commando that he's John Matrix? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Things like that. He's yeah, they they choose weird names for him. He is truly just a just a monolith of our time. What a guy. What a guy this this muscly weirdo. <laughs> Cuz he is he is weird. Well, he's not as weird. I think he has become far less weird as he's aged. Yeah, but I think like, he's young mellowed Arnold out. Schwarzenegger is a very strange man. You're supposed to mellow out as you get older though. That's the that's the natural way of things. Sure. Like there's a reason men are supposed to start losing um testosterone as they get older. It's only so you mellow out when you get older. Basically, yeah, you're supposed to, or you'll have a heart attack. Uh, going down a YouTube rabbit hole, I watched a video of uh, a bunch of young Henry Rollins stuff, and uh, Henry Rollins was embarrassingly intense as a younger man. <laughs> like he is very much he he's he's a somewhat embarrassing, anxiety ridden man now. But like seeing him as a young man, I'm like, this isn't really the guy you ever were. Uh, do you think it was a lifestyle choice? <laughs> I okay. This is I ain't no kind of I ain't no kind of what Henry Rollins is really like. Scientist, I can tell you from listening to a lot of uh, he he did a great show with like his kind of handler, and when he reflects upon his life, it sounds like he reflects upon he sort of lived a persona that he very much was not when doors were closed. Hmm. Uh, maybe he's sort of, he's always been a sort of intense guy. He's just funneled it into a different kind of intense as he's gotten older. Um, I, uh, I know the those, first time I ever really kind of figured out who Henry Rollins was kind of in the mid to late nineties is that they had these VH one shows where they would have, um, musicians come on and they would kind of talk about, like, who's the best singer of all time? Who's the best guitar player? And it was just kind of like a, an hour-long discussion. And they always had Henry Rollins on there. And I always thought, well, this is a smart guy. Like, he's very level-headed. So when yeah. I found out about, like, Black Flag and all that kind of stuff, I was like, whoa, this is definitely not the oh, yeah. same like, person Black I was seeing on era, that show. Black Flag era Henry Rollins, just off his off his ass, super <laughs> intensity. And that carried over into his, uh, like his Rollins band years. And then, you know, he gets into his acting and mm -hmm. like now he just seems to, I mean, he is, he's an elderly gentleman now. He's just a big giant dimple. He, <laughs> he produces like a, uh, a radio show that's just about music and he just travels the world and takes pictures of things and just seems, seems pretty, just seems pretty mellow, like, you know, still, still kind of an intense guy, but just, I don't know. It, it's so weird. You'd have to listen to, it. like I said, he did, he did a show with, uh, like a podcast with, a uh, a woman who, um, uh, it's Henry and Heidi. I can't remember her last name, Heidi something. Hmm. Uh, she's just basically been his longtime handler and she just makes fun she makes fun of him a lot for those moments where he kind of his anxiety. Again, it sounds to me like his anxiety takes over and it manifests in him being a really intense sort of standoffish guy, you know, telling stories about like, like she had to talk him down because he went to a coffee shop and liar came on the like overhead music and it really upset him and he had to leave. <laughs> and she's just like, Henry, people aren't out to like shame you. They, they aren't even out to do anything like people just kind of let you be. 
I think every wow. everybody that has any sort of success needs somebody like that to just bust their balls because yeah. it, it keeps you humble. It really does. Yeah. It gives you perspective. Yeah, she very much it, it, yeah. It's like she's handling Bart the Bear and she's like, "No, Bart, you <laughs> I know you're a big grizzly bear, but you're just a sweetheart." She takes the sugar and just like holds the sugar out at the coffee shop in her hand and he eats it. <laughs> Sugar cube. I do. I do love. I. I adore Henry Rollins. <laughs> Even those weird intensity kind of things. He's. He's just a, a sweet. He, at his core, he really is a sweet guy. It doesn't always work out that way. <laughs> he is mostly a sweet guy. Well, that's good. And and for all its not greatness, the movie The Chase. He his cop character is. It is a solid performance in a bad movie. I don't think I've seen that one. The Charlie Sheen movie? Yeah, I don't remember that one. Not a, not a like. I, I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to foist watching the chase upon you. <laughs> uh, just do you, do you do you remember that movie existence at all? Was it early nineties? Yeah, it's somewhere early to mid nineties. Who else Charlie is in Sheen it? Is, uh, not Newman. Uh, <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'll look it up real quick. Uh, mostly the the uh, Charlie Sheen movies I remember seeing is the Hot Shots movies and Major League. Other than that, I don't know if I've seen him in much. Not off the top of my head. I was always an Emilio Estevez guy. I was Team Emilio. Yeah, okay, The Chase, nineteen ninety four. Surprisingly, there have been a lot of mo- a lot of movies and TV shows just called The Chase. So who else was in it? Because maybe I did see it. I might have rented it. That's when I was uh, renting Christy, lots of movies. Christy Swanson. Ooh, that uh, I probably Josh, I probably did see if Christy Mo- Swanson's in it. I saw everything she was in. Josh Mostel is the uh, the not Newman character. So is is he like the son of Zero Mostel? I'll bet he is. If he's a Newman-y looking guy. <laughs> I will just bet he is. You, you've you seen Josh Mostel in something. Definitely. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, son of Broadway, Broadway and film star Zero Mostel. <laughs> wow. Nice. Now I definitely have he's to see in, it. He's in Billy Madison. He's in City Slick. He was one of the, the two uh, Ben and Jerry brothers. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. Here. Yeah, he does look a lot like Newman. You're right. Uh, Ray Wise was in the chase. Ooh. Not seen a lot of, uh, yeah. Somehow the Red Hot Chili Peppers did not make it into the initial stuff. Uh, Henry Rollins' <laughs> third build is Officer Dobbs. He uh. he plays a a very intense cop character. For, for a man who does not care for the police, he does a very good job. Just refresh my memory. Police. What's what's the, the premise of the movie? Maybe I have seen this. It's starting to... Uh, just that it, it, it's... It's sort of um, like a, like a bank. I think it's a bank robbery gone wrong, and he takes Christy Swanson as a as a hostage, hostage and it's just okay. them being them being chased. And it's sort of I think it's sort of meant to be parodying the O.J. Simpson chase. Okay, I think it came out about the same time as. Do you remember Fair Game with Cindy Crawford? I, I know the name of Fair Game. I think I, I saw both it. of them now that I think. I remember the chase, the poster being very orange. Almost, It almost looked like, That's in my mind, it right. looks like the speed poster. Like that orange, like slightly burnt, like a like a marshmallow that you got just right. Yeah, That's but then the, look the, of the, cover. <laughs> the background is kind of smeared across there like a Fast and the Furious poster, kind of. Oh, boy. Cindy Crawford, right? Oh, yeah. Cindy Crawford? 
Yeah, she gets naked in that movie. I remember. <laughs> That's the only reason do I watched we, it. Do we, generally speaking, I, I guess we still do. We we still have people who are famous just for being super good looking. Like now, it's are you kidding? Like, yeah. like we, so many we have people. Those people. We the have Kardashians. More. Well, that that was who I was thinking of, but that's more parlayed into. It's less about that. Like Cindy Crawford literally was famous only for being intensely good looking. Like a, in the same way of Fabio. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's what does it for you. The, the Fabio those, one is funny those though. Two people, those two people, yeah, because he got hit in the face with a seagull. <laughs> but uh, those two people, the only thing they ever really did was be intensely good looking. Especially Fabio. Fabio was never anything but a person who was intensely good looking. So he would- Crawford kind of tried to parlay that into other things that never really worked out for her. Right. I know. I like remember things like. Remember when Fabio had the? Uh, he was the pitch man for I can't believe it's not butter. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's not butter. He couldn't even say it. <laughs> yeah, can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> but uh, when I think of the Kardashians, it's kind of less about just being intensely look good looking and more about who they married and their uh, social media empires. I mean, there's lots of like uh, YouTubers and Instagram models. They're just, they're basically famous just for being uh, good looking. And they make millions of dollars because companies call them and say, will you, will you hold our soda? Will you yeah. hold a bang soda in your video and we'll give you oh, yeah. $10,000 and they do it. And they're like, okay, cool. I have heard the guy behind that, that, that uh, bang energy drink is a real weirdo. It's a weird drink. It's super sweet, but it says it has zero calories. I can't figure it out. I don't know what's in there. It reminds me of like uh, Futurama with the slurm when they find out actually what's in slurm. <laughs> it's just weird worm juice. It's yeah. It's it's from a queen queen worm's butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a rock star uh, ride or die guy, but I, I so I'm going to be going back on day shifts soon. One of the things uh, among plenty of things that I'm excited for to go back to being the day man instead of the night man is I can stop drinking energy drinks. Mm, that is going yeah. to make me so happy. Yeah, I stopped drinking them when I thought I had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. This was a few years yeah. ago. I know that they just don't make me feel very good. I just do them because I have to be up all night. I do like the, uh, I think it's, I think it's Monster, but it's uh, Moscow Mule. Oh, it's really yeah. good. That's a pretty uh, good drink. I do, I do love a good, you know, just just a Moscow Mule. Yeah, they're very they're very tasty, <laughs> uh, very tasty beverages. Very limey, limey, like a, gingery, like an intense, intense, like an intense Sprite that uh, you're gonna feel great afterward. <laughs> it fights off the scurvy. Sure, I, I'm not. I don't want to have scurvy. Nobody does. I don't even know what scurvy is. I think it's probably like rabies. It's human yeah, rabies. Scurvy. Whenever I heard of scurvy, I think like like that that sort of uh, calcified buildup you get on like faucets that you get <laughs> on your skin. That's that's what my mind that's what my mind calls forth when I think of scurvy. <laughs> I always have to say scurvy like a scurvy. like a pirate. Yeah, it's the pirate disease. But that's why they said limey. That's why they called English people limey because they figured out if they took. Uh, citrus and they had vitamin C they wouldn't get scurvy that's the story of and that word that's 
that that's where you get a uh, a slant for the British. The British, the limeys. You ever see that movie, The Limey? Mm, I don't know. I I don't think so. I have. I probably saw it at one point because it was like '90s uh, indie film. If Charlie Sheen is in it, then probably not. If Christy Swanson's in it, then I probably did. No, he's not. It, it is a Terrence Stamp. Ooh. A vehicle. Yeah, Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman. I, I always I, liked I in. You, did you watch could Community? I you, uh, Peter Fonda. I have seen. I have seen episodes of Community here and there. So Luis Guzman is a. Uh, he went to the school, like, I don't think he graduated, but the imaginary school in community. So they build him a statue. <laughs> like he's the most <laughs> famous person that ever went to that school. So they built a Luis Guzman statue. <laughs> Luis Guzman, uh, never sad to see him. Seems to be a good actor. Could not off the top of my dome name anything he was in. I think he was in Chef. I know John Leguizamo's in it, but it, it seems like Luis Guzman might have been in it, too. He's in it so much stuff. Guz, Guzman and Leguizamo coming to uh, <laughs> TNT. Characters welcome. It's a good movie, Chef. Favreau. Yeah, yeah you've, you've spoken well of it. Oh. We don't want to go there again, then. I listen oh, to that uh, soundtrack whenever I cook. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't trying to hurt you. No, that's okay. <laughs> I was only saying that your your intense love of uh, of chef is is just like it's left an impression upon me. When I really like something, I really like something. What can I say? Sure, buddy. My family is so, so hey, tired uh, of hearing "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched that a second time. Oh, really? I have not watched that movie a second time. Although I just I'm just I'm just bad. I don't think just I've bad. seen it for like three months. So that's a long time for me. You getting a bit of an itch? Yeah, actually, I have been. I wanted to watch it on my birthday, but I never got around to it. In your watching that at this point, is it you're watching? Are you watching it for the uh, for the acting and beat elements, or is it something you would maybe like to put on in the background and just look over at some point and see someone driving through faux old Hollywood and go, yeah? Both, honestly, both. I do like to just put it on and have it going, but then there are certain parts where I'm like, okay, I wanna I wanna watch this part. This part's really good. But then there's what's some the, parts that's so like, eh. what's the part? What's the part you want to watch? Um, pretty much anything where Brad Pitt and Leo are on screen together. Of course, the yeah. the end scene is really good. Any of the stuff <laughs> from from Lancer where Leonardo DiCaprio is is doing the acting because it always pulls me out. Like I think I'm watching an old western kind of thing. The only part that I I can skip over is. Uh, when Brad Pitt goes to Spawn Ranch, to oh really? I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say like I would maybe, I would maybe be into watching the Brad Pitt Bruce Dern stuff. It, it that one's a bit much. It's just the they're so creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just like I know I know I, that's not really them. They're actors, but it it is like it, the slow motion, uh, the, the slow motion of the feet coming off the ground. Like I, I, I think I could be into that part. Yeah, maybe that's why I don't like it. Is there's so many feet in that? Uh, like, I'm not a foot well, guy. I, no, no, I'm not talking. I'm talking about when he punches the when he punches the guy laughing at. Oh, him. you see? The yeah, that part's come good. Up off the ground. That part's good when he's beating the crap out of a hippie. I like that part. No, like driving down the highway with the feet on the window. Maybe not so much. Yeah. Margot Robbie's dirty feet in the theater. Maybe not so yeah, much. Yeah, he likes Tarantino. The the dirtier the better. That's with with feet. I've noticed. He's a he's a weird man. 
yeah, but it, it does yeah, sound he is. it does sound like Pete he's and i like to say the n-word that's our guy quentin at least he's moved away from that it does sound like he's still working on a star trek movie though really yeah, yeah. that could be interesting hey, look, don't get me wrong don't get me wrong like like being slightly critical of some of quentin tarantino's proclivities pretty much i love all his movies for the most part so the the what I heard is the Star Trek movie he wants to make. Do you remember the old classic one where they go to a planet uh, where it's basically like 1940s Chicago? Uh, yeah, I like. I think I don't know if I remember that so much as remember it as a reference thing of like sci-fi movies would find planets that were old Hollywood just because they were done on these old Hollywood lots. And like, right. hey, we got a bunch of these costumes. Can we just do this? Well, that's, that's the movie he wants to make. He wants to make where they find a planet and it takes place. And it's like gangsters, takes like place in the mobsters in the eighties at this point. That's the reference. No, it would be, it would be like, like Al Capone type people living on the planet. Like everybody with a Tommy gun. I don't know if you can stretch that for a whole movie, but he can. I guess. I guess he could. Yeah, I think. Once upon a time in Hollywood is like a two and a half hour movie that has very little plot in it, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's more. It's yeah, it's definitely not a plot driven movie. It's just a. This is a couple days in the life of these guys. (laughs) That's basically what it is. It's like we're just kind of peeking in on their lives. Very, very, very strange, very strange. Um, but then again, like we have, what is that? Uh, is that show below the, like the lower decks or below decks or whatever that, that animated, like, Hey, what if we did a Rick and Morty, but with Star Trek? Yeah. I haven't watched that yet. I know it, it just came out. In no way. I'm in no way interested in watching that really. I think a new Picard is either out or coming out. Season two. For some reason, for some reason, I thought that that was just a, a one season that they closed the loop on that. No, they're definitely doing a season two. They set it up for a season two. Yeah. I'll All have right. to look and see if, if it's out because it was really good. Sure. Why not? Put them on Netflix. I know it, well, it runs counter to your business model. <laughs> Put them on Netflix. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Come on, baby. Maybe in another country, if you get one of those. Uh... Come on, CBS. Give me all the access. Don't yeah, me, it's it's don't don't give me your narrow band all access. Give me all the access. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not all access. It's kind of access. <laughs> Moderate access. Moderate access. So hey dude, uh I guess in the last couple of days they have cast a Ms. Marvel for a Disney Plus show. Considering I, that anything is gonna ever come out on Disney Plus ever again that's not the Mandalorian. What do you know what she's supposed to show up in? Like which show? It's just going to be a Ms. Marvel show. Oh, she's gonna have her own show. Okay. I thought I don't know. It's entirely possible that they're gonna onboard her in a Spider Man ish way uh. somewhere else, but so far as I know it is uh just for that. I got which the impression is, she was gonna be in uh Captain Marvel two, maybe. It's entirely so I will be very interested to see how they onboard her because uh, have we I feel like we've talked about the sort of way that Ms. Marvel, the comics, because the comics, uh, she was uh, Kamala Khan was introduced in 2012, which it's it is somewhat like it's pleasant, but also a surprise to me that this character that just caught fire uh in the comics like she was so 
she for something like that that so often um so often it, a lot of like comic fans will really buck against sort of characters taking over a role mm-hmm. depending on who it is like in this case in this case uh having a character who is a different ethnicity than a white woman take over from Ms. Marvel would have could have easily been one of those situations like an Ironheart that's just rejected out of hand. Mm-hmm. Or when uh, the Falcon became Captain America that's just sort of rejected out of hand. Uh, in this case, uh, Kamala Khan was embraced because it's really good. Like her, uh, I've read a bunch of the early stuff, is uh, really good. Uh, but since 2012, she hasn't really been introduced until recently into like cinematic or video game stuff. And most recently, that Avengers game that came out, it's funny to watch sort of a broader aud- audience fall in love with this character because it's just about across the board. Anytime I, I've heard any kind of journalist talking about the Avengers game, it's always like, yeah, this character Kamala Khan is great. So does she have like elastic powers? Is that what her powers are? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Like elastic slash uh, can change size kind of like can get bigger. I don't know that she can get smaller, but she can definitely get bigger. So let me ask you this. Um, her her uh, okay. origin story, how how does that work out? Does it just start out small and, so, you know, she kind of has let me let me do like a comparison. Okay. Is it is it kind of like the Netflix Marvel series where it's in her own little contained universe or do they throw her into a huge storyline where she's like a pivotal person that that has to be there to to win the battle. Oh, I mean, she she started with her mm-hmm. own like comic wise. She started with her own label, and it was part of. So her comic origin is there was a huge storyline. Is like, uh, how familiar with the Inhumans are you? The whole the Slightly. whole concept of how the Inhumans happen. The way Inhumans happen is they are like a race of people who sort of uh, mature like the same way that a human will be on the moon. But at some point they're exposed to what they call the Terrigen mists, Mm -hmm. which will bring forth kind of a mutation of theirs. It's kind of how they were getting around, not saying mutants in the Marvel universe as they were saying in humans, at least on like uh, agents of shield and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's sort of what it is in the, I don't know if they had any Terrigen Mist stuff in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but uh, the way it happened is there was a storyline that um, Terrigen Mists were released on Earth, and there was like a huge cloud of it just migrate, sort mm-hmm. of, you know, migrating around the world, and it would hit a city, and a bunch of people, because, you know, inhumans come down to Earth and get wild, like have Rumspringa on <laughs> Earth, and you, ha- you, you have a bunch of, like, kids who or people who never knew that they were inhumans, because... Without the Terrigen Mist, they're just basically human. So it would like migrate through an area, and a bunch of people would just like freak out and turn into cocoons, and then break. You know, like a few days later, break out of those cocoons. And a lot, of, and some of them, they're like, "Oh, their mutation was horrific." Like this, this kid. I think it's like I, I remember like one kid breaks out of the cocoon, and he's like a molten man, and he's like killing his family because he just doesn't know how to live, and ends up getting killed by police or something like mm. that. So that that happens to Kamala Khan, but she comes out of it with uh, these stretchy powers. But also, and the game sort of plays this up is in a different way. In in the in the comic series, she is a huge huge fan of Captain Marvel, of Carol Carol Danvers. Mm-hmm. She's a huge fangirl of K- Carol Danvers, and as she's trying to uh, sort of 
come to grips with her powers ends up being able to take over the mantle of Ms. Marvel because Carol, they don't obviously, again, it's going to be weird to see how they handle it in the MCU because Carol Danvers was never Ms. Marvel. She was only ever Captain Marvel. So here's, here's an interesting thing in agents of shield. Terrigen mist was a huge plot line. And basically what you just described happened in the show where uh, there was some inhumans that were, they basically were like, uh, they knew that there was people out there that had powers. They just needed them to be released. And they're like, we're just going to set it off over the entire world. So everybody will, will change. So, but they kind of, I would kind of want to go back and watch and see if there's maybe a reference to Kamala Khan on there, but it, they pretty much gave that spotlight to the character from the show Daisy. So yeah. she finds out she has, basically she becomes Quake. Uh, so yeah. she has powers to, you know, cause earthquakes and shake things and stuff like that. But that she's kind of in the Kamala Khan role. So they've already done is that like storyline. Is she a fangirl of, of, is she a fangirl like that? Or? No, not really. She's, yeah. they find her cause she's, she's a really good hacker. I think she hacks into shield. So they go, you know, track her down. Then they realize, Hey, this, this is just like a misguided, really intelligent person. We could probably use her and train her. So that she's kind of the, the focal point of the entire show. But it is interesting that they've already done that storyline. So I wonder how they're going to bring her in because that's technically well, a part as, of the MCU, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is. As um, the, the game treats it like the Terrigen Mists are like a science experiment gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And in that one, uh, Kamala Khan is... She's a girl who won a, uh, a fan, um, a uh, fan fiction, an Avengers fan fiction contest, and is huh. part of like a big Avengers celebration when that happens. Hmm. And it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really go much through her changes or stuff. She just it picks up later in the story where she's just kind of been going out in sort of a Batman capacity. And I don't even know if they've referred to her as Ms. Marvel yet. So. Well, I'm guessing we'll we're going to figure out how they do it. Captain Marvel is, you know, Captain Marvel's a big character. Like, they could easily, uh, I would say they could easily kind of onboard her as part of Captain Marvel 2. Except for who knows when anything's happening anymore. Right. Yeah, I think uh, WandaVision's going to be the next thing to come out at this point. Um. Hmm, yeah, I think you're right. Because it was supposed to be Black right. Widow, but I think they've kind of swapped them around. Black Widow is Black Widow is definitely next year at this point, which is a bummer. Uh, for I was looking reason, forward to see it. I thought. Uh, um, I thought Falcon Winter Soldier was going to be first, but whatever. Sure. That should be good. It looks really good. Wandavision is looking kind of compelling, so I'm up for it. Yeah, it does look interesting. Um, Again, just be- bottom bottom level is it's it's fun to it, it's weird that it took so long, but it's fun to see people catch on to this thing that has been pretty good for about eight years now. <laughs> I will say um, some of the huge charm uh, uh, Kamala Khan's big partner in crime is the Inhumans uh, giant bulldog Lockjaw. And it will be a bummer if they can't find a way to get that working as part of the TV show because a lot of fun comes from the relationship between uh, Kamala Khan and this big, dumb, teleporting dog. 
He is in the, I mean, he was a character in the Inhumans TV show that didn't really yeah. do that anything. Went, I don't know if that, because that, I think, was that on Fox? No, it was on ABC. Was it really? Yeah. Because I was under the impression that, that that show didn't really have any connection to anything. But also, it, compl- it spectacularly flopped. <laughs> so what are you going to do, right? Right. So I was going to talk about a, a show that I started watching. I started watching it with my wife. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah. It's called Ratched. It is uh, basically it's about Nurse Ratched from One Fo- Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest to Full Disclosure. I have not seen that movie, but my wife just started watching it. Uh, we've watched two episodes. She might be the most evil character I've ever seen in a series. Like she is evil she will cause people to die and she has i i kind of she dresses up really fancy and i kind of um i called her like uh, autistic mary poppins or something like that because the way, <laughs> but she is so evil like she causes people to kill themselves and doesn't feel anything about it because she's just her ambition is to become a nurse at this place and i think she wants to be the head nurse and Nothing more than that. It doesn't seem at this point, but nothing will stop her from getting this one thing. And it's not like she wants to rule the world. She just wants to rule this one hospital, which is kind of weird for for somebody that would go to those lengths. But it's pretty graphic. There's there's a scene where a a guy breaks in uh, to, I guess, a monastery and starts beating up a bunch of priests. Uh, He takes one guy and he's slamming his head into the toilet seat and his face is concaved in it's really graphic so if you're into that kind of stuff it's really violent it's it's pretty vile show actually but it's pretty good so far i i was like this isn't really my cup of tea i don't really like watching murder stuff necessarily but it's it's pretty well done and, and intriguing so i'm i'm excited to see where it goes but it is definitely if you like if you don't like gore you're not gonna like this because there's plenty of gore in there it's got Sarah Paulson playing uh, Nurse Ratched, by the way. And then a bunch of people I'm not really super familiar with, but it is pretty good. Uh, I, I would like for you to watch, see the movie One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, I'm definitely going to see it. Of, Ooh, uh, I, I just remembered yeah. something. Hmm? You remember okay. Jeeves? You remember Jeeves from uh, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? He's in it for a little bit, and they they perform a live uh, what is it where they drill into your head uh, lobotomy. Lobotomy. They perform a live lobotomy on him, and they're drilling into the side of his head. He's just numb. He's not unconscious. Uh, Gross. And his arm starts flailing around and hitting the doctor. Gross. No. <laughs> and people start. No, do not want. People are throwing up. <laughs> it's funny. I, I it made Travis. me laugh. But it was good to see Jeeves on screen. <laughs> but yeah, they perform Super lobotomies. On. There's another scene where they're like, yeah, that probably isn't the best way to do it. So then they figure out if they put an ice pick behind their eyeball and then tap it in. That's that's the preferred way. It's less gory. <laughs> Travis, you are, you are grounded. Uh, it's pretty messed up. Do not want. But it kind of made me laugh watching it. Like, at first I was like, no, 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 no. And then I started laughing. I say thee nay. <laughs> Get thee to a nunnery. If that makes you watch uh, it, then you're as messed up as me, I guess. <laughs> uh, so uh, here's here. Yeah, I really want to. I'd really like to know what you think. Um, 
it feels like Ratched has caught more flack than a lot of shows like, say, Bates Motel or uh, uh, the Silent, Silence of the Lambs TV show. That's probably what inspired it, honestly, is the Bates Motel. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, it's it's just caught a lot of flack of, like, why why do we need a series about Nurse Ratched? You know, she's obviously, she's a very big part of One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, but, like... <clears throat> I mean, I've I've told you before. I'm not a I'm not a super big fan of of backstorying characters that the you know their mystique. Uh, you know, I think we we've all learned our we've I feel like we we learned <laughs> our uh, Boba Fett lesson at the but uh and uh, Darth Vader and you know maybe it's just if George Lucas is involved it doesn't work. <laughs> but I, you know, so trying to give a backstory, especially if you try to. It, I assume the show is eventually going to try to make Nurse Ratched a more sympathetic character. I don't know. I don't know how you can bring from the stuff she's done in two episodes. I don't know how you can bring her back. Um, I having not watched it, I I don't know. I don't know how you do a whole season, let alone an entire series, about just how despicable and <laughs> and gross this character is, unless there unless there's some. Are there other side characters that are like, "Hey, something's up at the hospital. We got to figure it out." We're the characters you're supposed to like. Mm, no, the only, the only, no, there's really no likable characters so far in it. Uh, everybody's kind of got a scheme going on. Uh, at first, you, <laughs> you kind of think the doctor that runs the hospital's doing a good thing because um, he's trying to get like money to help people, you know, that have basically that are crazy help him rehabilitate so they can get back into life. But then you find out his main goal is uh, he wants to do lobotomies on everybody. Vincent D'Onofrio's in it, and he's more despicable as the governor in this show than he is as uh, Kingpin in Daredevil. If you can believe that. He's super creepy. Well, I mean, he he's... Hey, look, man, like a lot of his career is, is littered with creepy guy, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, he's good at it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we come to think of it. I don't know why we would think otherwise. Like he's done, he's done creepy and you know a few things that I can think of off the top of my head, and be like, yeah, he's he is he is believably creepy. Vincent D'Onofrio is best case scenario Oliver Platt. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just I I I am a I am a Platt enthusiast. Uh, I just think Oliver. <laughs> I, I feel like Oliver Platt just never, they never found the right role for him. Oliver Platt is like, a, it's a perfect name for him because you think he's going to be good in things and then it just kind of Platt. He, fall, he falls Platt? Yeah, he falls Platt. <laughs> I'm going to look up some Oliver Platt here and see. I mean, he was, hey, look, man. You talking about the Three Musketeers, Oliver uh, Platt? With with Charlie Sheen. I am a I am a big fan of the movie uh, Digstown. I don't think I saw that one. Part of uh, it is a unfortunately I, I don't like to talk about James Woods, but <laughs> it, it, it's a James Woods uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. of mm. uh, the Bruce, also Bruce Dern. Now that I think about it, wow! It's the story of a a grifter getting out of prison and going to a town famous for boxing, and oh, okay. he makes a bet. He makes a bet with Bruce Dern, who is like the guy who runs the town, that he has a boxer that can beat 10 of his boxers in one day. Huh. And it's Lewis Gossett Jr. 
and it is just it's like a it, it's like a uh if i remember boy i haven't seen it in years i remember really liking the movie because i like a good kind of grifty movie i know of it uh, i never saw it though but it's like it, it's a movie of it, it's like them trying to rig all 10 fights mm. but uh really good movie i like it a lot i think i do i don't know you think you do? I haven't seen it since the night i think i do like, hey look do you, i i make a mistake of not um i make a mistake sometimes of not revisiting movies sometimes like specifically movies from the 90s uh, I think, man, I really like that movie, and then I, I immediately go, "Are you sure, buddy? <laughs> are you sure you are you sure you want to throw that out there?" And having not seen it since the nineties, yeah, you, know, you were, hey, Jake, you were maybe a different guy in the nineties. Are you sure you you liked that movie? That movie starring James Woods, so. Hades. I think Hades. I, I've never really seen him in a lot of things, so he's always Hades to me. Yeah. The epitome of regret after watch, going back and watching a movie for me is always going to be Lady Hawk. I always thought that was so <laughs> cool. I went back and watched. I mean, he's got Rutger Hauer in, Howard in it, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Matthew Broderick. But, uh, God, it's just a ball of turds. It really is. <laughs> just turds all the way down. Yeah, it was Big so was bad. 1992, so. Uh. But, like, you know, lots of good. Travis. Mm-hmm. Jake. Travis, there's yes. one man. There's one man from the '90s and '80s that has a nickname that I feel like anytime someone tells me that Randall Tex Cobb was in a movie, I'm like, I'll give that a try. <laughs> but he's in Digstown. Yeah, I mean. Oh yeah. Oh, he was a I, real boxer, I believe, in real life. Would have made sense. Definitely I think that's, made that's sense. why his face is all beat up and hammered. Yeah. I kind of want to. Maybe. Maybe I'm gonna. I still get the disc from that. Or, I, I've got an app. I should see if Digstown's actually streaming on anything and pretend like I would watch it. Uh, <laughs> Put it on your to-watch list. Hey. Yeah. Hey, we're at an hour. Uh, hey, can I tell you about one more thing? Yes, let's do it. Just one more thing. To it. I have been listening to a book that is way good. Here's the thing. I have to figure out because, oh, it's streaming on HBO. Oh, I'm gonna. Uh, I might watch that later today. We have a cameo by the puppy. If you can hear that, <laughs> the the puppy, big, uh, big Oliver Platt fan. Oh yeah, huge. So uh, I started listening to this book on the recommendation of uh, one of the McElroy brothers uh, in one of their uh, Audible. Like, if you listen to podcasts, the Audible is making a big push these days. But they recommended this book called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Hmm. It's a 2018 book. It is like a Agatha Christie kind of mystery. Like a like a, an old time. It feels, I don't know that they've actually called out what year it's supposed to be, but it feels like kind of turn of the 19th century. Kind All right. Of a, uh, like early 1900s, maybe, maybe late 1800s. I don't know. I don't know how to figure that stuff out. I ain't, not, I ain't no kind of scientist for, for eras. <laughs> Here's the thing. So sort of the twist, the, the premise twist happens relatively early in the book, but also a pretty far way into the book. Like the, the best of the premise I can give you is a guy wakes up sort of in the middle of a forest with amnesia, a sense of the things he can remember is a woman's name and a very strong sense that she's been murdered. Mm -hmm. And he's wandering around in the forest. And 
I don't know that that's the thing is I, like, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the page on Goodreads for the, uh, for the book and the book kind of immediately gives away a larger premise of the book. And that's the, the thing I'm, we'll just say there's kind of a supernatural element to the premise. Is he a werewolf? But, but he is a werewolf. Indeed. He is a werewolf. It's okay. Seven and a half howls of Evelyn Hardcastle. <laughs> well, anytime but, you wake up, like I've always thought, I would never want to kill a person, but if I ever did, I would probably just tell the police, I don't know what happened. I mean, I shot a wolf and then, and then this, this man was there when I came back. I thought you were going to say, if I ever kill someone, I'm going to tell the police I was a werewolf. I didn't know what I was doing at the time. That's more plausible. I should go that way. Yeah. uh, Right behind unfrozen caveman lawyer. There's a de werewolf werewolf. (laughs) But yeah, um, it, we'll just say it is an. I think it's an excellent book. I think it's really well written. Uh, Audible wise, uh, the the greater premise of the book comes through in some great voice work. Uh, you know, check it out. Like if you like if you like a mystery, I think it's great. Check it out. I feel like uh, as part of what I can't tell you about the premise, I think that listening to it as an audiobook is really beneficial. Reading it, reading it, I feel like some of the personality and specifically what's going on in the book that I might tell you after we stop recording uh, is sort of missed out upon. Do they put some music but, uh, in the background or so you can kind of no, feel when it's getting intense? No, it's more or less that uh, there's a there's an element to the premise that being able to give give personalities like the person who reads the audio audiobook is pretty good at, at lending personality to the, the voice work. Mm. They're not just reading dryly or just kind of reading in their own voice. Like each character, he, the guy who's doing it very much gives a, uh, like a, an accent or a personality and it, it really helps bring the, the story forward. Nice. Sounds but, good. Uh, again, that's uh, the seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Very good. I'm going to tell you, it feels like, we're a couple of years away from a TV show or a movie on that. Cause it's, it's just, it's got a, it's got a really solid premise that just feels like it would work. It would translate really well. One season for each death. <laughs> again, that again, based on the premise, you almost could do that. Mm. Hey, I want to give us both uh, some homework. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to watch, I haven't gotten around to it and maybe you could watch it too. I want to watch Enola Holmes. I had meant to do that. Me too. I just I haven't gone to it. I meant to do that this week and just didn't get to it. Henry Cavill is Sherlock Holmes. How can you go wrong, right? I, you know what? You easily could. I do like <laughs> Henry Cavill. I don't know if he's the best fit for a Holmes. Uh, I guess we'll have to watch it and find out. We'll see. Like uh, Again, just like I said, I've really been enjoying Henry Cavill. I don't. Again, when I think about him as Sherlock Holmes, I'm like, hmm. What are we doing here? But it, it'll be in the same genre as, as your book. It'll be kind sure. of a turn-of-the-century mystery, murder mystery type thing. Like I said, I, I, I'm willing to make a run. I, w- I will only say in its possible like not helping of it is I haven't really heard anybody talking about it. I've heard uh, some people really liked it, just like on Facebook and stuff like that. It just kind of came out of nowhere. It's one of those things where... Like I didn't even know this thing existed. All of a sudden, it's there and it's done. That's weird. No kidding. I'd I'd seen promo stuff for it. I'd seen it pop up about a month ago. I'd started to see stuff about it. 
So let's, but, uh, let's try and watch it and discuss it next week. I'll try and give it a run. Sure. Like just again, like I said, I had I had meant to, didn't get it. I, I don't know what, what sort of, I, I guess I haven't looked much into it. I don't even know what sort of movie it's meant to be, whether it's. So it's got uh, Sherlock it, and Mycroft. It, and then they've got a, a sister named Enola and that's Millie Bobby Brown. And somehow uh, her mother, I don't know if it's the same mother that they have. Maybe they have a shared father. I don't know. But I guess from the mother Bobby ends Brown up missing. Being, being a, a part of it, I just, I guess I kind of assumed that it's going to have a very Stranger Thingsy feel, like kind of just <laughs> teen hijinks. But her nose starts bleeding every time she solves a crime. <laughs> that is the that is the universal sign for telekinesis. Not the you know, Travis. <laughs> Travis, we have to stick to premises. A bloody nose is the universal sign for telekinesis. The universal sign for being good at solving crimes is you can see the math. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The universal sign for solving crimes is either you can see the math or time slows down and you explain everything you're about to do. I guess I have never solved a crime because I never see math. Ever. Yeah, you've got to <laughs> be able to see the math. Right. All right. Well, that, that, Hey, Travis, yes. your homework for next week is letting me know what's the universal sign for I'm good at comedy in movies. <sighs> I think from you everything I've ever seen, right it's going up on stage and like telling all of the tragedies of your life and not in a joke form, just leaving mm -hmm. the crowd like sad and wondering what just happened. That's pretty much time for being good at comedy is going up for your first time on stage and just talking about what happened that day. Yeah. And, and, and just destroying, just like not destroying not as in doing good, just like destroying the crowd for the next person. <laughs> the only way you can possibly do well at comedy in a movie is if, some guy who is the biggest booker in Hollywood is in the audience that night. <laughs> Even that doesn't work. Cause they would say, Hey man, you killed. And then they'd go, how many followers do you have on social media? And <laughs> that's the only thing that really matters. Honestly, to bookers is how many followers you have on social media. It's not if you're funny. I, I don't know if that, I think that, I think that's a more universal for any kind of entertainment. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Talent means squat. <laughs> Uh, look at some of the people your, your in movies mileage, your mileage may vary yeah all right your mileage well, may vary it, it works sometimes hey look millie millie bobby brown she had to come out of somewhere she didn't i don't true. think she came out of having a plan although probably i would look up and find out like she's someone famous as daughter because that <laughs> that ends up being uh that ends up being the way that people get in like uh the boys the the dude in the Kind of the new face in the boys is just uh, what's his name, son, uh, Inner Space. Oh, really? Uh, Dennis Quaid. Tonight I can rem yeah, he's Dennis Quaid's kid. I can remember what people are in. I cannot remember their names. So Margot Qualley, she was the the hippie girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Andy McDowell's daughter. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Is uh, nine times out of ten, anytime I see a new face anymore, I go, wow, it's so great. It's so great that someone can just come out of nowhere and then I look it up and I'm like so and so's famous daughter like so and so's super famous or like big player in Hollywood, their daughter. Yeah. It's like that in wrestling too. It's you always find yeah. out it's so and so's kid. Oh, by the way, we didn't talk about this. Animal, Road Warrior Animal died. What a bummer. Oh, no kidding. He was only like sixty, I think. He wasn't very old at all. That that, that is ancient for wrestlers though. <laughs> yeah, I mean he had, he had, you know, wife and kids. He had a kid that ended up playing at Ohio State. I think he played in the NFL. Uh, but, yeah, he, he was wrestling like 10 years ago, I think. 
But yeah, twenty five passed away for wrestlers. That's true. I was bummed out about that. I always like the Road Warriors. When when Hawk died, I was kind of bummed out. And then for Animal to die, I was like, ah, oh, he's got his stuff together. It seems like maybe he's gonna make it for a while, and then uh, maybe it all catches up to you. Your heart can only right. handle so much. A rush coming to the pearly gates. Ooh, what a rush. Tell him, Hawk. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up now that I bummed everybody out. Cool beans. So uh, your your upcoming is, uh, by the time people hear this, your upcoming will be your once was. Yes. Anything, and... el- anything else coming up for uh, later October, my friend? No, no, no. It's kind of a week-to-week thing right now. There's nothing... Nothing outside of Utah really much going on. There's other clubs that are open in the country, but uh, they're not really paying for features, which is what they would consider me at this point in my career. Uh, I would want to, you know, go in and do half-hour sets and stuff like that. So they're not really booking that because everybody's at half capacity and they're just trying to stay open. So I'm around here till it all opens up, and that's fine. I'm I consider myself lucky to be getting as much stage time as I do through this. So. I actually, I'm probably getting as much stage time as anybody else in the country right now, which is, which is kind of cool. So <laughs> wise guys seems to be doing like surviving. Okay. Yeah. I or... mean, it's a, it's a fervent paddle to, to stay above water with what, what's going on, but man, everybody's working their butts off. So it, it, it's a good situation, at least for me to, to be able you know, to, to have a place to go and, and do stand up still. And people can go watch if they feel comfortable with that. And they're doing such a good job with social distancing. They, they really are. So, so far, so good. Travis, where can people find you? Uh, at Travis Tate funny. That's where you can find me on all the social media. If you'd like to find us and pop us an email later to the tater at gmail.com is the address you can do it at. We'd love to hear from people. Uh, we ask if you've been enjoying yourself, subscribe to this this fine, fine quotations, fine programming. Uh, get on your Apple podcast, please. Give us a five-star review or, excuse me, rating. Uh, ratings and reviews, I always get backward. Give us a one-sentence review, please. If not, word of mouth is very strong. Please phone a friend. Uh, if you're going to give a review, right, do it to it. If you yes, please five star review, <laughs> one sentence review, do it to it, do it to it. We love to see it. Um, tell a friend. Word of mouth is strong. Uh, Blue wave theory is very strong. They're the music we use on our podcast. Uh, I don't. Know. You got anything else, my guy? Nope. I think that's it. So all our for all our friends out there who what are doing it to it, this has been late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake, and I'm Travis Tate, and better Tate than never. <laughs> <laughs>